after all. Uh, on the flip side of it, I've, I've caught myself, you know, looking in the mirror a few times, going, "I'm a little funnier looking than I last saw." We'll hopefully have a little fun talking about some vision here. Um, I've been. I, I threatened my wife uh, that uh, one of the things they they asked me to wear, like uh, for a while, at least when I go to sleep at night for a couple nights, is they gave me some safety goggles to wear and. While my wife is out of the room, I'm going to show you what they look like. She said, "She said don't do it." But uh, so these guys are these. I've been walking around the house all day with these things. Like, oh, hi, hon. How are you doing? I was trying to show them while you're out of the room. She's still they're still not wife approved yet, but uh, uh, it keep me from scratching my eyes. So, but they're they're kind of fun. Um, but anyways, we're going to go ahead and pray here. So hopefully you have a prayer list by now. Kind of the theme of this morning is going to be talking about prayer and how we might grow in that uh, as it relates to how we see God. So let's go ahead and uh, pray again, and then we'll, we'll jump into our prayer list. We're just going to fly over that real quickly. That's more for your records than for um, you know much review here this morning. But let's just pray. Ah, Lord Jesus, we just thank you for bringing us together this morning. Thank you that we could worship you. And God, I agree with that song. Please light the fire again in our hearts, Lord. Help us to grow in a a holy fear and a holy fire that, that you have, even for your own glory. And God, I just pray this morning that you would help us to see you more clearly. And that it would affect the way we think, the way we pray, and the results that come about because of that. And Lord, we just thank you for all that you're doing in our midst. We praise you for all the work that you've brought about on the warehouse this far. um, And all the work you've done in our own lives. The work that you did on the cross. God, I just ask you to help us to see you more clearly, more accurately this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Alright, we're going to go ahead and look at this... uh, prayer list real quickly here. This is just going to be for your records. And uh, if it's possible, could I get a copy of that? I, I actually gave mine away. Um, maybe we can get, Daisy got an extra one there. Yeah, oh, thanks. All right. So this is just a, a list. And this list is not uh, comprehensive. You know, um, we're going to go through some of these things. But my hope is that we've started the 40 days of prayer, you know. And today, I believe, is day number 15. So I'd like to say we're halfway there, but we're not. Yeah, if you know your math at all, that's, we're, we're not quite halfway there yet. But, um, but anyways, it's been good. It's been fun. But um, I thought it might be good for us. We passed this list of things out at our leadership meeting this past week just to get us to try to grasp what we are trusting God for. And it might be, if you're like me, I found out this is bigger than what I last thought we were trusting God for. It's a lot of stuff, a lot of things, a lot of grace, a lot of energy, a lot of finances, all sorts of things. But we're just going to review this list real fast so that you can take it home with you. If you've not been able to catch the 40 days of prayer, well, you can now, we can all be praying for the same things, whether you're there or not, whether um, you, you get to make it to the 9 o'clock at, at night or, or whatever. You can be praying this list together all, all, uh, all day long if you want. But um, I'm just going to, we've got four kind of areas, categories. I'm going to try to fly through as fast as I can here. And then we'll jump into some thoughts that I think will hopefully help us in our prayer life uh, and the results of our prayer. Um, but anyways, you know, geez, the first point here is teams. Be praying for the teams. Now, if that's an understatement of the year here, I don't know where Greg is, but uh, Jeff has the contingencies list that Greg came up with recently. He's emailed it to a few of us, but... Uh, 
that list is probably several pages long in and of itself related to the team's work, right? So, um, so you have just one line here. Just pray for each of the teams. And one of the prayers you can pray is for the insulation team. It's a prayer of praise that they are done. Woo! That's, that's good. I think the, the further we go along in the project, I feel like the more we see that there is to do. But at the same time, we're checking things off. The insulation team is checked off, and they are headed to the Bahamas, I think. So, um, <laughs> they're headed to the painting team. <laughs> yes, yes, painting team is great. <laughs> great idea. Talk to Jeremy if you're on the insulation team. <laughs> no, that's, that's an unofficial pitch there. Um, <laughs> Anyway, so there's all these categories. Painting, there's so many places we still have to paint, and there's so many that have already been done. So when you pray for the painting team, you know, that's a big deal. Um, restroom team, they are real close to getting done. They got most of the tile in, is that right? Yeah, so they're, they're in the finishing phases here. The kitchen team is, uh, is moving along as well. They're, they're, uh, they've done a lot of work, and I guess Brian says they got a lot of work to do still, it sounds like. So, uh, but pray for them. Uh, pray for the flooring team. It's, as the flooring team has hit the ground recently, and so you see uh, Alan and Brad's and some of their handiwork there. Um, but pray for them. They've got a lot of flooring. Flooring's going to be a lot of work here on the, on the end of it all. So um, we could also be praying for the, the guys that are doing the construction work, the guys, the general contractor, Jones Custom Builders. They're about to kind of complete their things to do and hand it off to us. They've kind of, we've been handing it off here, but pray for them. Pray that we'd be a good light and a witness to them. We're not sure if they're believers or not, but that we continue to be a, a good witness to them. Pray for the owner of the warehouse, Mr. Peavy. You know, just that God gives us continued favor with him, that he gives him a lot of peace as we complete this project. It's been, a, I think, a great witness to him as we set out to do this. I, I think there was probably a little skepticism to whether or not it was actually going to happen, or much less get you know this far. I think he showed up last week and he was pretty amazed at, at where God has brought it this far. Pray for things related to the city. We have to get their approval. Uh, by the time it's done, you know, they need to sign off on it. And, and Lord willing, that will not be uh, hard to do. Um, the whole next category here is just some things related to relaunching preparations. We talked about them, some relaunching things last week there. Um, but here's just some specifics you could be praying about. We're trying to finalize some of our slogan ideas for the Firehouse Church, our tagline, if you will. We've had, you know, New Testament Christianity on fire, passionate about loving God and our neighbors. Um, you know, I had a guy, a pastor I talked to this week, said, you guys should go back to an 80s slogan or a 70s slogan that's turn or burn. And uh, I told him we're probably not going to do that. My wife said that was probably never in in the 70s either. So, um, but we're trying to hash it out. One of the, the ones that um, I feel like God's put on uh, our hearts as pastors and um, you know, our wives and stuff, and the leadership we've shared this with as well. But one of them that is just three descriptors, maybe, of what we're trying to accomplish and of what Christ has done for us. And, you know, it has to do with the Firehouse Church related to love, loving God passionately, rescue. We're on a mission. The church has been given a mission. It is a rescue mission. Rescue the lost with the gospel and transform. You know, I think it's a great word that expresses trying to make disciples, you know. You could stick make in there and it would be a little generic. You put build in there and I don't know if it resonates. You could say manufacture, too long of a word. But right now we've honed in on transform, uh, you know, until the Lord sends an angel with a different word. But, um, uh, but anyways, you can pray about that because we just want to be led by God. Whatever words He wants to give us, if it's a verse, it could be a paragraph, whatever it is, we want to run with that. We don't want to lean on our own understanding, but... 
At the same time, we need to send a phrase to the, the designers, the graphic designers and the printing press, and that needs to be happening soon. So I pray that God uh, just gives a, a, a peace and that we can just make a decision and run with it together in a united fashion. These might not be your favorite words, and they, and they might be. It was fun to talk about them the other night in leadership and just hear the different feedback, you know. Some people really hated the idea of love. Some people loved the word love. Some people liked rescue and transforming. There's all different thoughts there, but the hope is that God just gives us a united heart on whatever we come up with. These are just a few words that we're, we're trying to use for His kingdom. We just want to be united and in step with Him. So, uh, that you know, relates to the flyers. We're trying to make a coming soon flyer and an Easter flyer, maybe with a grand opening schedule on it. Um, we need to do firehouse cards so we can reprint a new set of firehouse cards that we can be handing out. We want to update the website. You know, there's some other pre-launch things. Eventually, we're going to have to set up a sound system over there at the warehouse and get chairs in the room and the cafe tables and chairs and firehouse decor. Those are a few things you can pray about. There's a mission team coming out to serve us uh, on their spring break. uh, Omaha has asked if they could just send their team to try to help and bless us, and their team is going to be... Uh, probably half the size of our church. You know, 40 to 50 of them will be showing up on their spring break to come help us in any way, whether it's painting, which we hope that will not be going on at that time, or flooring, which we also, we, we, we said maybe they can install tiles as they lay themselves down to sleep and they just lay on some tile, carpet tiles there. Um, but be praying. There's a few logistics related to hosting a team of 40 to 50 people. You might pray about the possibility of opening your home to a couple or a couple of people all the single guys from their team are, are willing to sleep on the floor at the warehouse, so um, you know, be praying that the floor is ready. Um, but uh, there's, there's a lot of food needs. There's a lot of figuring out what exactly they're going to do needs. Um, and they'd like to take a day uh, skiing. They're going to work Monday, Wednesday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. They'd like to go to the mountains to ski, to play in the lobby, whatever, um, on that Thursday. But pray that we find some good prices, tis- discount tickets, things like that. That's a few more things to pray about. Grand opening activities and calendar. If you haven't heard really what we're going to kind of, uh, a deadline we're aiming for for grand opening is Easter. We would like to be in there and, and kind of checking out the place before Easter, but we would like to have the neighbors join us in Easter. So it kind of becomes a hard deadline. Um, this other one we're aiming for the end of 40 days of prayer or a week after that or somewhere in that ballpark. But if we don't get it done after we send out Easter flyers, it would be a real problem, I think. Um, so we need to be praying fervently. We've uh, talked to Steele and some of the, the guys out there in uh, Salt Lake City and asked if they would send out a band or two to do a grand opening concert. Um, they're still working out dates and things to get back with us, but that could be May 6th, Friday night, May 6th. Mother's Day, we want to do a big Mother's Day bash on a, not bash, celebration, uh, something, uh, something there. Mother's Day, Sunday the 8th, May 8th. And then Father's Day, we'd like to do another big shebang of some sort. Um, we're even thinking we might get crazy and like uh, talk to a local fire station to loan us one of their fire engines that we could put out front and spray people with water or whatever. Um, so um, we're, we're talking about some coffee house series this summer, like uh, once a month uh, on during May, June, July, do a coffee house, open mic, something like that. Um, we're talking about sponsoring a 5K run in the neighborhood that we had one a couple years ago and it hasn't happened since, but we thought maybe we could pick it up and run with it, make it the Firehouse 5K or something like that. But, you know, maybe pick a cause that the prophets go to something in our neighborhood to bless and to really uh, show the community we want to be a part of it. We want to, uh, you know, be a blessing to our neighborhood. So you can be praying about that. That would be a lot of work. Um, 
there's a mission team that would like to potentially join us to help out in that time frame too. A team from uh, Phoenix, you know, where Brandon Poland and Owen McGeehan are. They'd like to send a team up to help us uh, during that time frame. Uh, new ministry, things to be thinking about. One of the things we're going to try to do as we relaunch is do another season of small groups. We haven't done small groups in a while. We realize small groups are kind of a part of our structure. Each house church has several small groups you know, that make it up. But we realize between uh, doing nets, taking a break for the summer, doing outreach classes, we haven't actually had small groups for about a year. And we thought maybe we should try those out again. It would be really cool. Um, so people might be talking to you soon, maybe in the next couple of weeks, and inviting you to join them in a small group. Maybe it's people you've been with. Maybe it's a new one. Um, a lot of the couple's small groups will be real similar to what they've been in the past, but um, that'll be coming out here soon. We're going to use the next few Wednesday nights for how, instead of house church or nets or any of that, we're going to do some work nights at the warehouse. So if you're available those Wednesday nights, we'd love to have your helping hands there. Um, we talked about doing a once a month worship night. Once the warehouse is set up, that we bring all the small groups and all the house churches and everybody together, maybe for a meal at the building. But then we make it a time of worship where we, we have some songs and we just worship God together through all phases of life, which we really haven't had the ability to do that on a weeknight uh, for a really long time. So that could be, I, I think, pretty awesome. If you've ever experienced those back in Fort Collins, the worship nights were kind of fun. It was a great time. Um, what else do we have here? Compassion projects. We're going to try to do some more organized projects in our neighborhood and use this warehouse as kind of a headquarters to stage those. Hospitality ministry, things related to that cafe. Lots of prayer there just to figure out what God wants us to do and, and how we're going to do it. Children's ministry, maybe drama ministry. There's a lot of things related to the building on scheduling and maintenance and cleanup. Again, Greg has provided some things just related to ministries specifically for the building, and that could be a list in and of itself. But right here is almost 40 things you can join us as pastors and as the leadership, just praying together uh, every day if we can, just for God's grace, God's mercy, God's help, um, God's glory through it all here. So anyways, that's, um, that's something I hope you guys will put on your fridge or put it in your Bible. Or uh, If you've got any questions, feel free to ask me or Jeff or Brad or... Um, you know, anyone probably on the leadership team could help you as well. But uh, um, So, I don't know if you felt overwhelmed before you got here or not, but I hope this helps. Um, uh, a verse came to mind to me uh, that I thought I'd share after sharing these items here. And again, like I say, some of these represent, painting alone represents many, many, probably 40 things just in and of itself. But a lot of prayer is needed. But this is a verse that I feel like God reminded me of as we start just to, to look at a few things related to prayer this morning here. And it's in Hosea uh, chapter 10 and verse 12. And it just says this. There's a phrase that really stands out. I'll read the whole verse. But Sow for yourselves righteousness. Reap the fruit of unfailing love. And break up your unplowed ground. For it is time to seek the Lord until He comes again and showers righteousness on you. But the phrase that really just jumps out to me as I look at this list, as I look at our needs we're facing, it is time to seek the Lord, men and women. And I know we have been for the last, you know, 15 days of this 40 days of prayer, but I think all the more as we put this list together, we start to get a, a handle for how daunting this task really is. We've prayed about the work. We've prayed about things all year long, and it's here, and it is time to seek the Lord together on this. And so I, I hope you catch that heart, and um, whether you're able to be there or not, that you're just united with us and praying through this list here. So, 
Um, but we're just going to look at a couple things that, that I think will help us hopefully in our prayer. You know, I think the need of the hour is prayer. We've got a lot of things to be praying about here. Um, but I think one of the things that maybe can help us in our prayer is um, it's kind of related to seeing God more clearly. You know, I've been thinking a lot about vision over this last week as uh, I got my eyes all lasered up and try to figure out some good vision jokes and stuff like that. But um, um but, you know, I think that uh, through this all, and talking to these doctors, and they're talking about how bad my prescription was and all these different things, and I feel like God's given me some thoughts about how the way we see God directly affects the results we see from Him in prayer. Because, you know, prayer is just talking to God uh, related to what we believe of Him. And so if we see God bigger, if we see Him more clearly, our results, that faith equation we talked about for two weeks, our results are directly related to our view of how big God really is. And my hope is to touch on a few points here that maybe help clarify our, our view of God, maybe even enlarge our view of God here. So um, you can write these down on the back of your sheet here. Um, I think I'm just going to fly through a lot of them I just printed out here. And my hope is that they just these words just uh, wash over you and maybe just affect your mind, your thinking, affect your heart, and affect ultimately our actions related to prayer and, and some of the actions that God brings about because of that. But um, let's see here. Um, so where to start? You know, I think um, when it comes to, to our vision, um, how many of you are have corrected vision at all? Like nearsighted, farsighted? Okay. How many of you are nearsighted? I think that's the one where you can see things really close well, right? Read the near good? Yeah. And, okay, there's a number of nearsighted. How many of you are farsighted? A couple of farsighted people. Okay, how many of you are cross-eyed? Uh, I don't know. I know. Uh, how many of you have no corrective vision? Oh, you, you. Uh, nice. You'd be thanking God for that. Uh, and my wife is like that as well. Um, we're hoping my, my kids get her vision. But... Um, but anyways, I think there's some things when it comes to God that we can have some of these same things. You know, we can have a maybe a nearsightedness of God. And we can have a farsightedness. And there's some ways that, um, you know, just like a, a, a laser kind of corrects your lens so that you see everything well, the close and the far and, and different things. I think we need a little corrective work for our, our view of God here is, is my hunch. There are things that God's been correcting me on and maybe they'll, something will relate to you as well here. But one of the verses you can write down is this. You know, and uh, the, the first point I want to make is just watch out for being uh, nearsighted. Watch out for being nearsighted with God. And there's actually a verse that I think makes that pretty clear. Jeremiah 23:23. It says this. God is speaking here and He says, Am I only a God nearby, declares the Lord, and not a God far away? Am I only a God who's nearby, who's close to you, and not a God that's far away? You know, God's trying to say, aren't I a big God? You have this close view. Sometimes if we're nearsighted, we get this view of God. He's so close. He's so friendly. He's my buddy. And that's great, and there's a place for that. We'll talk about that. But that can really be like if you're nearsighted. You see those close things well, and things get fuzzy far away. And I think sometimes our view of God can be like that. There's some things about God that get fuzzy if we're nearsighted. He's my buddy. Well, there's things you don't do with your buddy. You don't worship your buddy. You don't do certain things that you are to do with God. And, and he's reminding these people here, you know, hey, 
Yes, I'm close, but I'm also a God that's farther than you could ever see, that transcends your understanding, you know. And, um, and I think another verse that I've been thinking about, it's been a theme over the last month or two, or I don't know how long it's been going on here now, but the song we sang, the Lord's Prayer, you know, one of the things that got my attention recently is it goes like this, you know, Matthew 6, uh, 9 and 10. This, this is Jesus speaking. He's telling us here, here. Here's how to pray, guys. you got a bunch of needs in front of you. Here's some ways to pray. Um, this then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Like Andrew was saying, made holy be your name. Um, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. But one of the things that just jumps out at me is Jesus said, hey... My Father, you want to pray to the Father? You're praying to the Father in heaven. You know, he said it over and over. Do a word search on Father in heaven. And Jesus often says, Your Father in heaven. Your Father in heaven. The Father in heaven who sent me here. Your Father in heaven. Pray to your Father. He's in heaven, by the way. You know, and I think sometimes our prayers can be here. In the here and now. And the looking around at my peers. And, you know, what's going on here. And Jesus says, Hey, you're praying to the God of heaven. Um, the God who's far away. You know, and I think we, we could grow in catching that. I know God's been trying to expand my view of that as well. You know, um, what are some other ways to, to catch that? Again, uh, several times he says, you know, um, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? But, but he's the God who is in heaven. You know, I think of, uh, just read here recently about some... Um, Solomon is dedicating his temple, you know, um, and he prays at one point, God, look, this is just silly. The fact to think that you would occupy a little building like this is just dumb. He didn't say it like that, but the idea was that he said, not even the heavens contain you, and we're going to try to make a little building for you. Um, But did you know that our God, the God of heaven, is not contained even by heaven? I don't know. Does your God have boundaries? You know, he's bounded by, oh, he's infinite, and there's his boundaries. I don't know, right now the scientists are looking at the stars and they're going, there are so many stars out there. We see more and more and more. And they're starting to think maybe they're infinite. But you know what the Bible says? God knows the name of every star. Every one of them has a name and He knows it. God's a little bigger than we think. The God of heaven might be bigger than the one we've been praying to. Um, Some other things, uh, let's see here. You know, I think our, our view of God, how big He is also... I think it can relate to our reverence for God. There's a verse here I'll read, and if you want to turn there with me, you can. But it's a Revelations, um, Revelations 4.8, and it has this passage here that hopefully might expand our, our view of God, the God who is far away, the God who is, um, I don't know, to be revered, that He's so majestic. Um, but it says this, Revelation 4.8, and I'll just read to the end of the chapter there, but it's speaking of a, a scene in heaven that seems to be going on right now as we speak. And it says of these creatures, it says each of the four living creatures had six wings and was covered with eyes all around and under his wings. Day and night they never stopped saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. Whenever the living creatures give glory, honor, and thanks to Him who sits on the throne and who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before Him who sits on the throne and worship Him who lives forever and ever. They lay down their crowns before the throne and say, You are worthy, our Lord, our God, to receive glory and honor and power. For You created all things, and by Your will they were created and have their being. 
This is going on in heaven right now. We sometimes get short-sighted. God is my buddy. I can tell him any little secret, any little angry thought I have. Sure. But God is being worshipped by creatures right now that if you came in their presence, you would fall on your face paralyzed with fear. God is being worshipped by them non-stop. How big is your view of God? How big is your reverence of God right now? Could it use a little room for growth? I know mine could. You know, when I first became a Christian, I had a sense of this reverence about God. You know, I would pray. I remember uh, I'd go to the, the church that uh, you know, some of you in Fort Collins met in the Holiday Inn. And I remember just the first time praying in public. I was like, you know, in a small group, it's kind of like, can you do this? We're allowed to like talk to God with other people listening? Whoa, freaky. Um, then I remember going to church. And sometimes during the church service, the pastor, you know, John Meyer, would pray at the end of the service. And sometimes the band would quietly sneak up on the stage while he was praying. And you'd wake up and you, I mean, you'd look up and you'd go, Whoa, where did they come from? I was like, can you move during prayer? Are you allowed to get on stage while someone is praying? And I just had this reverence of God. And it wasn't you know, legalistic. It was just, I was in awe. I was like, I can talk to God right now. When I closed my eyes, I tried to come into His presence. And over time... Maybe as I got more mature, I think I got a little more familiar with God. I could talk to God anywhere while I'm doing this, while I'm doing that. And that is true. But that's different than being reverent. And there's a place for reverence of God. The God, our Father, is in heaven. The song we sang, Psalm 121, we're praying to the maker of heaven and earth. That's a pretty big deal. That's pretty awesome. People are on their face right now worshiping Him. How big is your view of God? You know, we, we could all grow in this. You know, um, reverence is not just an Old Testament thing. Sometimes you go, ah, you fear God of the Old Testament because He was scary. He killed people back then. Now Jesus loves people. Well, it's the same God. He's still to be revered. Just read in the Psalms this morning. Some of you might have seen this. Psalm 34, verse 8 says, Oh, put God to the test and see how kind He is. See for yourself the way His mercy shower all who trust in Him. If you belong to the Lord, reverence Him. For everyone who does this has everything he needs. Even strong young lions sometimes go hungry. But those of us who reverence the Lord will never lack any good thing. There's a reverence. How's your reverence going? And Now, you could say, well, that, again, that's, well, that's Psalm. That's Old Testament thing. But there's plenty of New Testament things that talk about a fear and reverence for God. One of them is a verse that um, God put on my heart back when we were naming the firehouse. We wanted it to be a place where it was centered on the worship of God. Like Hebrews of the New Testament, chapter 12 says this, Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. Do you know that you pray to God who is a consuming fire? There's just a, a holy fire going on about Him. Jesus had that same holy fire and zeal in His life. Do you? Do I? Like that song said, Lord, I was praying, Lord, light my fire again. I used to have a holy fire like that. It could grow again. It's kind of a little, uh, just a, a little uh, flicker right now, but grow it, Lord. But that's one side. We need to be careful of being too nearsighted, and we need to have a bigger view of God. But the other side of this equation is true as well. We've got to watch out for maybe being farsighted. Maybe we could see God. God is so awesome. He's so far out there. You know, um, I think in some ways maybe even the Pharisees were like, yeah, God is so awesome. He's so far out there. 
but he doesn't mind my daily business. You know, he doesn't mind. He doesn't, he's not a God who comes into my daily life. He doesn't care how I do business, if it's with integrity or with love or morality, because he's so far out there. He would never get involved with my day-to-day business. But, you know, God is a God who is, is close as well. And I think maybe we, know, um, maybe we know that more than we know the other. I don't know which one you know you feel like resonates with you more, the God who's far or the God who's near. But we need to make sure that we understand that God is far away. He, is, he transcends our understanding. Our mind cannot fully grasp Him. But at the same time, uh, you can write this verse down as Ephesians 2.13. But it says, Now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. You know, that God who is so far away and really is in this unapproachable, holy light, um, He has been made approachable to you and I. And, and we do need to catch that. We do need to realize there can be a closeness there. Hebrews has some verses that, that I think uh, you know, uh, help us see this as well. But like Hebrews 10.19 says this, Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened up, through, uh, opened up for us through the curtain that is His body. But He's just telling them, hey, we have confidence. There's a holy place that was in the, the temple that if you went in there and you weren't supposed to, you would die on the spot because God is so holy. But He's saying we have the ability to come before a holy God. The God of whom they say, holy, 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 you and I can come into His presence without being fried, without being consumed. We can approach Him. Um, and that's something to, you know, I think to, to make sure we understand as well. Uh, you can write down Hebrews 4.16. This is one I, I put out in a siren a while back here. But it's, let us approach the throne of grace with confidence. You know, not let us approach the throne of grace cowering because we're going to be crushed or uh, because we feel so sinful. Let us approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. And it's just a reminder that God's throne is holy, but it's also called the throne of grace. You know, grace at its root is, you know, there's different definitions of it. Uh, Some, I think Doug Brown says, uh, grace is God's riches at Christ's expense. Herschel Martindale says, grace is God's love in action in our lives today. Um, The generic theological definition of grace, grace is God's undeserved favor. God does things that we do not deserve. And and yes, we should be zapped in an instant because of the sin that, you know, uh, of our lives. But but He has made a way through the blood of Christ that we can approach Him. And, you know, I think uh, there's a ton of verses that relate to this. You know, um, there's also Romans, the one that talks about if God, he, he gave His Son, how will He not graciously give you everything? He gave His Son to pay our eternal debt, and don't we think He'd take care of the little things as well? Um, he's our gracious Father to those who ask. It talks about His grace as, you know, we, He exchanges those our ashes for beauty. He exchanges our sin for righteousness. God has a throne of grace, and, and, and so He's approachable. But He's also close. You know, He says, hey, your Father in heaven. He could have said, your Master in heaven. He could have said, your... But a Father is designed to be a close figure in your life, an intimate person in your life, someone you can approach, someone who cares for you. Now, we all didn't have the same experience of fathers growing up. Some of you might have had good fathers. Some of you might have had bad fathers. Some of you might have absent fathers or abusive fathers. And, but we need to catch that the Father that we have in heaven is not like any of them we ever had on earth. You know, some of you might have had a, a nice little glimmer, but I felt like I had a pretty good dad, and he's nothing in comparison to my Father in heaven. And, um, 
But, you know, I have a question for you to think about again. How big is your view of the grace of God? How gracious do you think your Father is? How much do you think your Father in Heaven loves you? You know? And I'll give you an answer to that. The results of your prayer life will reflect what you think He'd do for you. Because He's doing exactly that right now. Um... Uh, sometimes we could say, well, you know, I don't know about the faraway God, the reverent God. I know God is really gracious. I have a big view of God's grace. You know another way to test how big your view of God's grace is? How gracious you are to other people. You know, Jesus gave a parable. He said, this guy was forgiven a million dollars of debts. He said, oh, his master was so gracious to him. And the guy went out and he said, you owe me a hundred bucks to somebody else. And then the whole deal was called off because he did not catch the grace of God. You think you have a big view of God's grace? How gracious are you with other people? That defines how gracious you are. And if you're not gracious with others, you don't get the grace of God yet. You might have a small view of it. I know I do. I need to grow in that. How big is your view of God? The grace of God. Um, You know, one verse just to chew on here for a second. Keep it on this clock. I'm trying to fire these out as fast as we can here. Um, You might might know this verse. I know most of you do. Ephesians 3.20 the verse to talk about how big you think God is. It just says this. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is work within us. You know, God is able to do immeasurably more than you will ever ask him for. He's able to do infinitely more than you will ever ask him for. And if you imagine, by faith you imagine things about God, your imagination will not even come close to how big God actually is. I love to back up a few verses. You know, it says, I'm praying that you can have the power just to get a, a grasp of His love. Because so it says, that may, may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. I don't know if you get what's going on there, but He's talking about four dimensions. I don't even get it. I don't even have a clue. How, how wide and long and deep and high is the love of Christ. But we think in three dimensions. How do you even think four dimensions? I don't even get it. But there's a love of God that we have yet to grasp. No matter how big your view of God gets, it's never going to be accurate of Him. Maybe when we get to heaven, I think we get a little more accurate. But that's just something awesome to wrestle with. But at the same time, watch out for being far-sighted and thinking God's not a God who's close and personable and approachable. Watch out for being uh, nearsighted and thinking God's so close and buddy-buddy that you don't revere Him. But another thing we have to watch out for is we have to make sure we have a, a, uh, an accurate, a view that's not out of focus. You know, you can be nearsighted and farsighted when it comes to sight, but uh, how many of you know anything about astigmatism? Maybe you have an astigmatism? So, yeah, me too. I, I did too. They were like, whoa, what a, what a astigmatism. I think you see in four dimensions when you have an astigmatism, right? Um, but... But, you know, what that has to do with a lot of ways is that, you know, there's, there's a correct in your vision, like seeing things close, the curve of your eye this way, seeing things far, you know, affects whether your our eye needs to be curved more or less. But astigmatism has to do with how you focus. And, Rob, you might know more about this than me. Your brother's a opti-something or another, opti-eye doctor. Um, and so, but astigmatism, I think, has to do with that your eyes don't focus where they're supposed to. They could be a little bit, I don't want to call it cross-eyed, but I think one of my eyes, wanted to focus over that way when it should be going there and so when they do the test you usually see like double or triple vision they say what do you see you know I have four dots 
You're supposed to see one. Um, but, but sometimes we can get that way with God. We can go, I have such a big view of God, and all we really have is something that's inaccurate or out of focus. Um, I know a pastor I met with once in the city here that's a, he's a part of what was known to be a mainstream church, but he was telling me about some of his views of God. And it seemed to me as I was talking to him that he believed he had a view of God's love that was so big and God's power that was so big that he does not believe in hell. He does not believe in an eternal punishment because God's love is so much bigger than that. And you know what? He's wrong. According to the Bible, according to God's revelation of Himself, it's not that He has a big view of the love of God. He has an errant view of the holiness of God, of the justice of God. We've got to watch out for that. Sometimes we'll say, Oh, the God is so gracious. And really we just have a small view of, Yeah, I'm doing that under the... I'm sinning under the, the banner that God is so gracious. And you know, Romans is full of, by no means do that. Yeah, he's gracious. Now stop the sinning. Um, but God's love is not bigger than God's justice or his holiness. We have to be careful that we don't have a skewed view. And God's given us some things to help us with this. Um, you know, we're going to, the, the next thing, so don't have an inaccurate or out of focus view. But God's given us his Holy Spirit to see God more clearly. That's the last one we're going to look at here, that God has given us his Holy Spirit that we might see Him more clearly. A few verses here, if I can find them. Um, These are some interesting ones to think about. The word magnify, related to the Holy Spirit. Several times it says, um, I will praise the name of God with song and magnify Him with thanksgiving. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Another place it says, um, Psalm... uh, Oh, Psalm 138, here it is, 138.2 says, I bow down toward your holy temple and give thanks to your name for your loving kindness and your truth, for you have magnified your word according to all your name. You know, the Holy Spirit helps us see God more clearly. Really, the Holy Spirit magnifies God's word. And I don't know, maybe it would take you a second to think about it. It took me a little bit to go like, okay, what does that really mean? When something magnifies, what, what does it do? Does it change the original source at all? What does it do? It allows us to see that bigger. It doesn't change what's actually there. It allows us to see things bigger. It's kind of like sometimes we need reading glasses when it comes to God. It's like, or reading the Bible. Reading the Bible, but until the Holy Spirit magnifies it, it's kind of like you got bad vision like I've had. You know, where you look at it. I had nearsightedness. It wasn't quite like that. But you look at something and it's just, it's blurry. It's out of focus until the Holy Spirit helps you to see it and magnifies what is true about God. And that's why the scriptures say things like this. Um, uh, the Spirit searches even the deep things of God. This is Second Corinthians, or 1 Corinthians 2. For among men, who knows the thoughts of a man except the spirit, man's spirit within him? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. And it goes on to say, this is what we speak, not in words taught us by human wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit, expressing expressing spiritual truths and spiritual words. The man without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God. For they are foolishness to him. He cannot understand them because they're spiritually discerned. But if you try to get an accurate view of God without the Holy Spirit, all you get is something that's skewed and out of focus and probably self-centered, probably uh, enlarging ourselves and uh, you know downplaying God. And we have to watch out without the Spirit. I remember doing a debate with Dr. Spear back in CSU. I don't know if any of you caught that debate. 
it was publicized on national TV. No, I'm just joking. No, it wasn't. But it was at the Clark Center. It was in some building there at CSU. And I remember debating them. But along the way, we were talking about God. And I just brought up how God is a God who is personal. And that He is relational. And Mr. Dr. Spear about went ballistic. How dare you say God is personal being and stuff like that. You know, he had this far out view of God that was so impersonal. But he was wrong. God is clearly revealed through His Scriptures and through His Holy Spirit that God is a personal God. And, and he missed it because he didn't have the Spirit. And someone in the question and answer time said, You know, Dr. Spear, there's this verse that you just won't get it without God's Spirit. And it's true. But we have to watch out for that as, as Christians as well. There's times where we can be reading the Bible in the flesh. And we read something and we go, This is how I see it. This is my fleshly spin on that. And we can end up with a view that's slightly out of, out of line. I remember Mitch Majeski talking about it. You know, sometimes someone that just maybe, uh, if they look at the Bible just kind of cross-eyed, you know, and, and, and they talk about certain things, you go, where in the world did you get that on baptism? Because right here it says very clearly certain things on baptism, you know. And we have to be careful that as Christians we're not like that. And I believe that relates to this verse here um, that just talks about this uh, Ephesians um, 6.18 but it just says uh, and pray in the spirit on all occasions and with all kinds of prayers and requests we just need to make sure as we pray we have a big view of God uh, we also have a big view of God's approach, uh, approachable approachability His grace the God who's our Father we have to make sure we don't have an inaccurate view we also need the Holy Spirit's help to view God and, and to view the scriptures and understand them right and as it relates to prayer, all of those things will affect our, our prayer. The God who is holding the universe together. You know this warehouse and all its hundred to-do things? It's such a drop in the bucket compared to the God who's currently right now orchestrating the lives of over 7 billion people and has been orchestrating them from the beginning of time to the end of time. And, and that's an easy thing to Him. You know, how small is this warehouse to Him? You know, how, how big do you think your problems are? But... I love different places in the Bible that the Old Testament, you know, God at one point says, this is an easy thing in the eyes of the Lord. Another point, uh, Elisha had his, his buddy with him. He said, Lord, open his eyes so he can see your heavenly resources. And he saw there was angels all around to overcome this army. But I think for us, we could all grow in uh, having a bigger view of God, a bigger reverence, and, and a bigger view of His grace. Make sure we're not being inaccurate of our view because we are filled with the Spirit. We're praying in line with the Spirit and step with the Spirit. Um, and I think these things will, will help us see more of God's power and gracious resources come into this world where we need it right now, uh, especially in this part of the life of our church here. But we'll go ahead and just pray and hopefully you can think about some of these things. Hopefully some of this will stick to you and we'll just chew on this together. But hopefully it will help us to see God more clearly and then be able to, through our prayer, see things more powerfully and effectively happen from God. Let's pray for that. Father in heaven, we do ask that you would give us grace to see you more clearly. God, there, there's places where you say not even the heavens can contain you, and in other places you say, yet you've given us your spirit to reveal these things that are not understandable by man. And then, Lord, we just ask you to help each one of us to get to know you better. Help us to have a bigger view of how we should worship you with reverence and awe. Help us to have a bigger view of how gracious you are and how much you love us as our Father. 
God, I pray you would help us to, to get rid of any inaccurate views we have. Where we, um, like I said, to err is human. You know, we can grasp one thing or another, but we can't grasp them all at once that are true about you, Lord. Help us not to err in our views. God, we do ask that you would help us to be filled with your Spirit, controlled and in step with your Spirit, so that we can pray for the things you want to bring about. We can pray with power and great effect. God, we just ask you to grow us as a house of prayer. Just pray this together in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, thanks again for coming this morning. And um, I hope we will see you next week. And hopefully we'll see you uh, Wednesday night at the warehouse as well for uh, all hands on deck work night.